This week's episode is brought to you by the More Cute Stories series. Hear Rolly Crump talk about the people he worked with, the World's Fair, Knott's Berry Tales, and the Museum of the Weird. All across six CDs and digital downloads. Available now on Amazon, iTunes, and wherever audiobooks are sold. Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And we're about to go to a dream world of magic and fantasy. And <laughs> I, was, I was wondering where this was going. I was just going to ask you if there was like a box set of all the uh, more cute stories that we could buy. Well, George, it's funny you mentioned that. Oh. There will be. Oh, I just figured you'd put them in a box and mail them out. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we're actually going to do one more new one about Epcot because that's what Ooh. people want to hear, and then we're going to figure out how to sell them all together too. Because you know, magic, Disney Fantastic. magic. Fantastic. Well, what about doing like uh, instead of like a loot crate, we do like a, a rolly crate, a crumb crate, a crumb crate. Oh my god, that's even <laughs> better. You heard it first here on Communicore Weekly. He just writes a curse word and puts it in a box. <laughs> it writes and it on a rock. It writes it on a rock. It writes it on a rock, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a crumb crate. But it's a different one every month. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Know. That is a brilliant idea. Oh, it's got to be better than that Haunted Mansion box, right? More than likely. Exactly. Wow. All right, let's let's uh, let's jump into the history. It's time for the Park History. For over 60 years, on a few acres of woods along routes 40 and 322 in Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey, a family kept Mother Goose rhymes and other fairy tales alive at a children's amusement park. And that park is Storybook Land. Now, this park actually holds a pretty special place in my heart because I went there many times in my youth and when I was later on in life too, and I re actually remember it fondly. So of course I wanted to learn more about its history, and it took a long time to find out more about it, but it it's finally here. <laughs> so, the park was the creation of John and Esther Fricano, who opened the park in 1955. John was a World War II veteran and father of two. He painted houses in Vineland for a living, but also suffered from asthma. So, while looking for a job that would allow him to be out in the fresh air more, coupled with his frustration by a lack of activities for his young children in the area, he decided to create a park for families. So he bought five wooded acres on the Black Horse Pike, which was then a main thoroughfare to the Jersey Shore, and cleared the land by hand. Now Esther, who had been a, sec uh, a secretary on a chicken farm, she sewed curtains and otherwise decorated the small features that her husband built, and from these humble beginnings, Storybook Land was born. I'm intrigued by the secretary on a chicken farm. Generally. Yeah, I don't know what that consists of. Yeah, okay. So One, two, <laughs> three, okay, that, three chickens, she, good. She took messages for yeah, the chickens. Yeah. Okay, so, so the early days of the park were simple. 
uh, a gravel lot with a luncheonette and some unpaved paths through the oak and pine trees, leading to a nursery rhyme-themed playground. It wasn't an all-day destination, but, uh, you know, more of a glorified rest stop. It was a place to take a break during the long drive to the beach so parents could stretch their legs and the kids could blow off steam. Now, one of the original attractions that they had was the Little Red Schoolhouse, which the, the Fricanos, uh, they were avid antique collectors, they filled with old desks and with old blackboards. And uh, Mary's Little Lamb, you know, the one who followed her to school one day, she still greets visitors outside the front door to this day. From there, the displays grew, with houses and setups to chronicle all of your favorite nursery rhymes and fairy tales. Want to visit the Three Bears house and see the porridge that Goldilocks ate? It's there! Uh, curious as to what Grandma's cottage looks like and whether or not the big bad wolf got to her yet? Well, that's there too. The Seven Dwarfs Cottage? Also on the property. Pretty much anyone you can think of is showcased in some way, with visitors allowed to go in and explore the story for themselves. There are even some holiday-themed ones, like the North Pole and the Easter Bunny's house. Now, the displays feature some impressive fiberglass work, many of which has been around since the, uh, the 1960s. However, you can't go in expecting Disneyland quality stuff. You know, it's a quaint little park, but it has a lot of charm. And many of the displays are actually in fantastic condition, considering how long they've been around. In the dining depot, there's actually a ton of black and white photos from the park's past, and you'll see many of the old favorites are still hanging around the park these days. And in addition to the displays, currently, there are 15 rides that are spread over 20 shady acres, including a carousel, old-fashioned cars called old-timers that meander along a track. Which I most definitely have VHS footage of me driving one of those things uh, back in my parents' house, and I, re I one of my favorite rides, I, I would Ooh, say. Even Sans License? Even sans license. Wow, okay. So there is also a train that chugs around the park and a small Ferris wheel. Though many of them are off-the-shelf rides, they are themed to the fairy tales and are quite cute and are meant for small children <laughs> like Jeff. True, so. very true. <laughs> so relics of the region's past do dot the park, including four uh, seats that were salvaged from the long-gone uh, veteran stadium in Philadelphia, which are flanked by the sky-high Phil and Phyllis statues, who are the, the pre-Philly fanatic mascot of the Phillies. Uh, and the Fricano family even bought, uh, brought in a tiny 127-year-old chapel from a Vineland farm, complete with a recording of the original owner's daughter playing the organ for the enjoyment for those who stop and hang out in the pews for a while. The park has live animals that are all tied to nursery rhymes, including chickens and peacocks from Hickety Pickety, geese from Goosey Goosey Gander, and goats that live in a house on stilts, the Three Billy Goats Gruff. There are plenty of quarter machines all around that dispense food so you can feed the animals directly from the palm of your hand. One of the great things about Storybook Land that isn't true for a lot of Jersey amusement parks is that it's open for much of the year. It's not just seasonal. Can they, and it, but they do have special seasonal things to do. You know, so just as springtime arrives in Jersey, the Easter Bunny hops in to visit with kids for several weekends. And then there's also the Easter Egg Hunt on Easter weekend. And Autumn offers a lot of fun things to do, such as pumpkin decorating, a hayride, a hay maze, and trick-or-treating the weekend before Halloween. And you won't want to miss the holidays at Storybook Land because it is an extra magical time to visit uh, because Santa arrives at the Christmas Fantasy with Lights Parade and lights the holiday light display at the park. Santa is in his home to visit with the children just until before Christmas. 
So throughout their lives, John and Esther Fricano were very much hands-on with the park. And up until when he John died in 20, uh, t- I'm sorry, 2009, at age 87, John was still doing upkeep on the rides. And Esther, who passed away in 2015 at 93, was still doing the bookkeeping. So Storybook Land was their lives, and they enjoyed every minute of it. The park is run by the family, with John and Esther's son, John Jr., along with grandchildren Jessica and JJ, and their aunt Joanne, keeping things running. Also, that is a lot of J names. Yes, it is. Yeah. And in addition to the park itself, they also own 30 acres beyond the park and are considering improvements, like expanding a small splash area that opened in 2006. The family-run business has worked out well for them. I mean, they have no board of directors to answer to, and they can make decisions on their own and kind of change the park as they please, improving it for years to come. But the best part of Storybook Clan is that you can relive your childhood while introducing great fairy tales to an entirely new generation. And it's just, it's a really nice park. I'm not going to lie. I got a lot of good memories about it. Okay. It's definitely worth a trip then. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're in the area. If you're in the area. I, I specifically remember a gigantic whale that you're able to step inside his mouth and like you can hear echoes and i remember as a kid it scaring me <laughs> so badly that i never wanted to go near the whale based on pinocchio or i don't don't you remember know, maybe it was pinocchio i don't i don't recall okay maybe that's i'm gonna say yes that makes sense actually okay. so if if anybody out there in cadet land knows the story behind the whale let us know give us a call or if you have any other memories of storybook land we would love to hear from you Give us a call on the Communicore Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628. That's 424-785-GOAT. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. Okay, so this segment might need to be censored for overall cuteness. And not just because it's us. You know? Fair warning. I mean, that's part of it. So the book that I'm reviewing this week is Star Wars ABC-3PO, an alphabet book. Exactly. Uh, Written by Calliope Glass and Caitlin Kennedy and illustrated by Katie Cook. Isn't this title amazing right off the bat? Yes. ABC-3PO. Why has no one thought of that before? Okay. So it's an ABC book, obviously, and it is a Star Wars ABC book, and it is unbelievably cute. Star Wars kids are going to love it, and Star Wars parents are going to love it. So the book takes all 26 letters of the alphabet and basically offers like a two-page spread for each letter. There's a like a small poem on one side and then some artwork on the other. And each one would focus on a special character or two, like the L page. I'm not going to tell you who's on the L page. And, you know, the, there's the, the, the way the poem, or the little limerick, actually, is written really shows that the writers had some insight and loved the Star Wars universe. Um, plus, there's a little bit for everyone because even the, uh, all the movies are covered. You know, there's characters throughout the whole series and Star Wars Rebels because, of course, you need a Z. Oh, wow. Exactly. Um, and they even managed to make Jabba the Hutt look adorable even as he's getting choked by Princess Leia. Please, it was really is that the picture? It was really really cute. That's so amazing. I will just share two of them with you because they made me lol very hard. The first and, and also they have the Arabesh listed as well. 
So the page for K, of course, is for Kylo. So it's got K-Y-L-O written out, and underneath it, it's got the Orabesh in it. So you can learn the Star Wars language. That's amazing. So here is the, uh, the limerick for the Kylo Ren one. Kylo, you're crazy. You've got to be kidding. A three-bladed lightsaber helps do your bidding. Come now, be civil. Have one blade or two. Three is just cocky. We all know it's true. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. And uh, the last one I'll share, of course, because Jeff wouldn't let me read the whole thing, because time constraints? Something like that. And copyright infringement? What? Anyway, so the last one, of course, is Stormtroopers. Everyone's favorite Imperial Legion of... Exactly. I don't know where you're going with this. Exactly, me neither. I lost about halfway through. So, okay, so here's the one, the page for Stormtroopers. What's hiding underneath that expressionless white mask? Stormtrooper, what are you thinking? Is the question I'd like to ask. Do stormtroopers smile? Do stormtroopers cry? Is a stormtrooper a person or just a bad guy? One thing is for sure, believe it or not, a stormtrooper's usually a terrible shot. Amazing. Absolutely fantastic. And as I mentioned, there's 26 of these. It is wonderful. It is cute. You know, Star Wars fans are going to love reading to their kids. They're going to love reading it themselves. It's really, really adorable. And it's very well illustrated. I've got to admit that. So um, pick up this week's book. It is Star Wars ABC 3PO, uh, the Galactic Basic Edition. There were some old characters from the original movie Finding Nemo, like Mr. Ray and Nemo and Marlin. But also there was a new character named Hank. He was really cool because he could change into his surroundings, like he could he could be like just regular looking octopus and then he could like look like he was part of a staircase and he would maybe let someone step on him and no one would know. I really liked it because it had a really cool story and interesting characters and really good animation. I'm gonna go see it in 3D again this Sunday. And also, there was a um, short film before it called Piper, when there was this little tiny sandpiper who was learning how to catch food for himself and he really likes food. And it looked really realistic. Like, I thought at first when it was over the sand, it actually looked like it was real sand and it was like an actual movie that's um, like live action. It looked so real. I loved it. And also, there was a lot of trailers and there was a Mona trailer. I mean, M- Moana trailer that the music 
was by my friend Lin-Manuel Miranda, who also did Hamilton, which I saw. For Jeff Heinbach and George Taylor, this is Leah. You might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. The Oceaneer Lab on the Disney Magic is a great place for kids to hang out and interact with other people that are on board. And there are games all over the place, such as the one about the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which I guess is like the little kid version of the Adventurers Club, maybe? Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it does. So, for these games, they have controls across on the big screens. They're actually on top of these several crates. And one of the crates that the controls is on actually says, Isla de Muerta, Contents, Aztec Gold, Caution, Tongs required to handle. So it's actually referring to the island of the dead that is from the first Pirates of the Caribbean film where they stored all their gold and then turned into skeletons, which is why you need a tongs to pick it up because if you touch the gold and you turn to a skeleton and that's a whole big thing and, you know, not really and your thing. Yeah, especially on a cruise ship. Yeah, you don't want to be a skeleton walking around on a cruise ship. People no. are not going to like that. No, 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 not Your at bones all. are going to get bleached. I mean, food's uh, going to go right through you. I mean, you're not going to yeah. enjoy yourself. It's not yeah, going to be a good time. So what if you have unlimited soda? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're not here to talk about the Disney Cruise Line, but it is time for us to talk about a year of a million or so limited time cadets for the weekly prize winner. I was going to say something about Fool's Gold or Aztec Gold, but... I was waiting for it, but apparently not. Yeah, I was going to go that way, but you know. So in, in case you, this is the first episode that you listen to, or this is the longest, or the furthest you've made it into the show. <laughs> which we don't blame which, you. Which could have happened. Um, each week we give away a prize, and um, all you have to do is email at communicorweekly at gmail.com, your name, address, and birthday, and we'll add you to the list, and we pick out a different prize winner each week and they get sent a glorious prize can i just butt in oh please do the last two weeks really quickly two different people have sent in everything but their address let's just make it clear that we need your address to send you things (laughs) we have to have the address that's the most important thing seriously we're not coming to you know hang out at your house and have you cook us dinner i mean we could but we're not fine but yeah we're not this is well i guess it depends on how close they live that's true. That's true. Yeah. This person okay. might be, looks like they might be closer to you, though. More than likely. Okay. Speaking of this person, this week's prize winner with the Communicorically prize pack is none other than Brittany B. from Spanish Fork, Utah. Ooh. Congratulations, Brittany. I don't know what a Spanish Fork is, but I'm curious. Yeah, me too. Um, is there like Spanish Spoon? Ooh. And Spanish Tong? Oh, man. Which you Pick would need that to gold. lift up the Aztec gold? Boom. It's all over Utah, from what I understand. Nailed it. So, yeah, so if you want to be a part of this wonderful giveaway, don't forget to email communicorweekly at gmail.com. And Brittany B., send us a photo or two of you enjoying your prize pack. Hooray, Brittany. Definitely. Okay, so thank you guys so much for watching and listening to another episode of Communicor Weekly. However you get the show, leave us a rating on iTunes, leave us a comment on YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. And you can, again, email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com to send us photos, bathroom break stories, or anything else. We're cool. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Oh, and Periscope, too. I'm at Imagine Nerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. And, of course, give us a call on the Communicore Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628. 
and visit communicorweekly.spreadshirt.com to pick up some incredible, incredible t-shirts. And of course, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Communicore Weekly P.O. Box 432, Orange, California, 92856, and we'll send you back your official cadet membership card. Yay! And you can always visit patreon.com slash Weekly to see how you too can support the greatest online show. For George, no, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. No, you are. No, wait, wait, I'm I confused. said it backwards. So for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show.